Hello, hello, friends and gamers. 2023 was quite the year. I started this podcast in June, and I've had plenty of listeners since then. I've gotten to talk to an insane amount of games, gamers, studios, developers, creators. Uh, The list is endless, and I feel like the list is just going to continue to grow. But it's this time of year where... It's a little bit harder to get people to commit around the holidays to an interview. So I've booked stuff into next year. And I thought this, I'd take a hard look at just my 2023 in review. You know, maybe an overarching Web3 gaming in review. What were some of my favorite games? What were some of my favorite interviews? And what are things I'm looking most forward to? So that's all we're really going to discuss in this one. It's all my opinion. It's all my thoughts. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy it. Really appreciate everyone listening for all these months and I hope you'll enjoy to continue listening for the many many years I plan to do this just kidding I plan to keep doing this for as long as it's fun and as long as there's great people to talk to and if I would ever pivot away from it I would definitely let you all know so just remember that 2023 was a great year for web3 gaming 2024 is looking to be even better and more insane can't wait for all the great things moving onwards and upwards keep gaming keep having fun remember to be grateful Show gratitude to yourself. Show appreciation to yourself. And remember to be kind to yourself because sometimes you're the only person you've got backing you in that corner. Lastly, I got a new dog. His name is Jax. He's a golden retriever. And it's been amazing, but it's been so much work as well. I have not trained a dog in many years and I forgot how difficult but rewarding it is. So you may hear Jax panting or playing or doing things in the background. And that's okay, because he's my boy. So without further ado, here's my 2023 in review. You know, normally here I have a fake commercial because I enjoy the comedy of sketch comedy. I don't have all the fancy things to make it look really crazy or sound really crazy, but I do my best here. What I want to say here is find people, get them to play games, have fun with it, enjoy your new year, and just enjoy being a gamer in this really cool, unique time. It is a great time to be into Web3 Gaming, and I'm so glad you all are along with me for the ride. So I thought I'd just start this off by what are some of the biggest changes we saw in 2023 versus 2022. So around 2022, we started to see this shift away from play-to-earn gaming, which I'm so glad. It still exists, and it's not an inherently bad thing, but for the longest time in Web3 Gaming, we were lacking quality games. We were just... It felt like the big boom, and you've heard me on multiple episodes say this, it felt like the big boom of the original App Store where there was just an insane amount of shovelware coming out and everybody was trying to motivate people to play their game by going, hey, look, you can earn money, you can earn goods. We swear it's fun to play. And I think that's just a really hard way to motivate gamers to one, want to play your game, two, stay with your game, and three, it costs you as a company a lot of money. I mean, unless you consistently have a way to keep making money or you're printing your own money with a token, which again, I'm not the biggest fan of all the altcoins and meme coins, you really struggled to find a way to keep 
gamer retention, user retention. And so what was really cool in 2023 is we started seeing, at least in my opinion, out of the woodwork, not only are we seeing AAA games come out, they, they look great, they're amazing. Um, there's this really interesting hybrid approach where you don't necessarily have to be wanting to play with the blockchain or Web3 elements of the game to play the game. It can simply be you want to engage in it in the traditional gaming way, which is you are the user, you're interacting with the software through your portal of choice, whether that's console, Steam, Epic, um, you know, there's a variety of platforms. It could just be browser and you choose to play the game in the way it's created on your own terms. If there's mods involved, obviously that gives you a variety of different ways. But what I'm getting at is you don't have to utilize the wallet transactions, any of the blockchain elements, NFT elements if they exist. Um, you can truly just play the game as a game. And it's really cool to see that. So, I mean, games like Last Remains, uh, games like Metalcore, where it truly is this hybrid approach, meaning you can just download and play the game and you don't have to worry about it. But if you want to unlock and utilize the NFT and blockchain elements, you entirely can. And I thought that was really nice because I thought this does a really good job of going both roads parallel. And both those roads to me are the traditional gaming sector and the Web3 gaming sector. And for the longest time, people kind of stayed in one lane or the other. And what's interesting now is seeing these people who are trying to go in both lanes simultaneously where the rhetoric is it's still a great fun to play game doesn't cost you anything but if you want to enhance the gameplay experience if you want to add elements to it we have these blockchain elements and you can truly own the in-game assets which again has been a big thing you know I heard about this for a while in NFTs um, when they first started blowing up. People were like, wow, this would work really well in video games. And the first thought was always skins. You know, people immediately were like, this could work like Fortnite or this could work like COD. And not many people were actively trying to implement it, I think, because we were all still sussing out NFTs at that time. But now it's become this normalized thing where almost every game I know of that has blockchain elements has NFTs. Now, whether the NFT is an in-game skin, an asset, a weapon pack, or simply something like a pass to allow you to get extra bonuses, features, unlock uh, certain characters or skins in the game by owning it. Um, it just depends on the game and just depends on the studio. And so overall, I feel like this is going to be a big trend going forward is you're going to continue to have Web3 games where they do this hybrid approach because this way... They can get users who just enjoy the game. And again, having user retention, having people daily playing your game, seeing those numbers go up can really convince investors and really convince other teams that it is a worthwhile endeavor. Instead of just what we've seen with a lot of the traditional gaming market where they jump on the NFT bandwagon thinking they can make some quick cash and it really backfires on them. And that is the nice thing is the NFTs are not a simple cash grab or some immediate way for the game developers or companies to try and get an insane amount of money it is simply a game additive or enhancement i kind of like to think of them as almost like dlc but it's not really dlc um you know that'll be a really cool thing to see i'm getting off track here but that would be a really cool thing to see where nfts are dlc and you truly own the dlc at some point because right now i always think about when i download things on my traditional consoles DLCs, uh, they do this sometimes where they put everything on the disc eventually. And 
if you're not willing to wait for that, you know, like game of the year or complete edition, usually you're just kind of stuck going, well, I hope I can download it later. And to reiterate this point, it blew my mind. I put the original Call of Duty Black Ops in my Xbox and I was playing it with my brother. And I originally had bought all the zombie maps for that back in the day. And I was like, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to download them. They're just gone. They were on my old console and I'm amazed I could get them then. I had to go searching in the settings or Microsoft store. And eventually I found out I could download all that stuff. And one, people, people don't give Microsoft enough credit. But in terms of things like that, that's insane that that is still on a server and I can still download it somewhere. And I immensely happy about that. And so now I could be totally wrong about this, but because it's on my console, I feel like I own it. So at least it's downloaded on the console. So unless the console breaks or something goes wrong, I have it there. But that defeats the purpose of if I had it where I could, you know, in a wallet somewhere and it was an actual NFT and it's not going to expire because it's on the blockchain. I think you all get what I'm getting at. It would be a cool concept. I'm not a developer. I would love for a developer to be like, you have no idea what you're talking about. This is completely wrong and it's not possible. Another thing we saw this year is people aren't trying to do mass appeal games. You know, I, I've been feeling amazingly fortunate that it's been really cool to see that a lot of Web3 games are people's passion projects, meaning they're like, I was always a huge fan of Elden Ring or the Souls games. So I'm trying to make that high quality of a game and bring it to Web3. Or people are like, I've always been a huge fan of Mario Kart. I really want to take that, make it a Web3 game, but it's a really fun, good, high-quality game to play. Uh, another one that comes to mind is, you know, and so for those first two, Oldor was the Elden Ring RPG fantasy-like game. They don't have much out there yet, but really looking forward to it. You can check out that episode. The second one was uh, Rumble Racing Stars by D-Labs Games. I played that. It is. It plays a lot like Mario Kart, and they kind of are doing this interesting thing where they're integrating other NFT, uh, you know, like PFPs in, and then having their own unique characters. I'm looking forward to see how that develops. There is The Last Monarchy, which is going to be like Age of Empires, and I played the beta for that, and it was a lot of fun. And lastly, Last Remains is really cool because it's like elements of the sneak or i should say stealth rather from the last of us part two zombie outbreak and overall battle royale survivor and it's a really unique game in that way but again what i'm getting at is most of these games of course they would love to be like i have a hundred thousand one million concurrent players a month but the cool thing is they're really putting their chips on the table so to say they could have gone, what's popular, what's going on, what's going to sell, um, and just go, oh yeah, FPS shooters, always big. Let me make another shrapnel. Or, oh, uh, trading card games are always big. Let's make another one, but let's try to do it better. That's not to say they shouldn't do those. To bring up one of my favorite quotes, for anyone not familiar with Noah Kagan, he's a really nice guy, good entrepreneur. Uh, overall, I've been very lucky to read some of his books and talk to him a little bit on social media. And one of my favorite things he always says, he has a podcast, by the way, called OK Dork. He references how somebody will be like, well, I want to open a taco stand. 
And he goes, well, that's great. And they go, yeah, but there's so many taco stands already. Like, how can I compete? Or it seems like a dumb idea. There's too many. The market's saturated. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, if, if you have something different or you're going to do something different, he's like, you should go for it. Now, if you're just going to copy what some other taco stand is doing, he goes, yeah, it may not work out for you. I wouldn't say it's a waste of time. You'll learn a lot, but it may not be successful. And then he references how he's like, there's like three different taco places I love to go to. He's like, one specifically because they make amazing vegan tacos. And so what I'm getting at is there's nothing wrong with making another trading card game, another FPS game in Web3 Gaming. But what are you going to do differently? What are you going to bring to the table so it doesn't feel like you're just doing the same old game that's already been out there? It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can be one simple element. But it's something I always tell people to think about, especially with the amount of FPS and trading card games in Web3. I've played a lot of them. A lot of them are fun. Do I have my favorites? 100%. I mean, my favorite trading card game in Web3 is still Gods Unchained. And that's simply because it plays just like Magic the Gathering to me. And I've been a Magic the Gathering fan since I was in like middle school. So easily 20 years plus at this point. So the fact that it played like that, it scratched the right itch. The fact that I get to own my cards as NFTs is great. My only thing is I'm such an old fart in the sense that I still play physical cards with friends in person that um, I'll just be honest, they can make a lot of money off me if they started printing those cards physically. I would love it. I would be buying them. It's a fun enough trading card game. I like the art. I would support it. But what's nice for them is they've already put in all the costs, you know, for creating the art, the infrastructure, the servers. That's just one cost removed. And that's something you can do with Web3 Gaming. That's the nice thing about it is you can have these amazing elements. You can have this amazing secondary market. You can have a lot of good things going that your players want to interact with and keep going. And as long as you add a unique spin to it, which for my, my opinion of Gods Unchained, it was taking Magic the Gathering and bringing it to blockchain in a way. I don't want to say it was a direct copy and paste because it's not, but that is why I enjoyed it so much, which is funny because I had tried playing Magic the Gathering Arena forever. I just didn't like it. Just didn't click with me. But I mean, Chris Clay, who had been like one of the top executives of Wizards of the Coast since 2016, resigned and then immediately went to work on Gods Unchained. So he... He really thought it was a good idea, um, and I'm sure he helped bolster it to what it was. To be fair, Gods Unchained was supposed to be a main competitor to Hearthstone, from my understanding. But what I'm getting at is that it's fun to play, and it has unique differing elements compared to other trading card games out there. I would say now, in Web3 Gaming, it feels like it's set the standard. And if somebody has the plug... Get them on a podcast. I would love to dork out with them and talk about this for, God, I would do a three-hour one with if they'd let me. Going to keep working on it. Got to keep shooting for the stars, people. This year for Web3 Gaming, we saw a massive explosion of content creators as well. It was crazy to see how many quality content creators, maybe they just started blowing up because the trend started moving more, but I feel like they just came out of the woodwork. And we had so many platforms pop up as well and high quality platforms. I feel like for the longest time, the way most of the platforms worked is they simply were trying to be like an addicting games or mini clip, but for blockchain, meaning they would find a way to aggregate as many games as they could on their platform. 
And that way you could visit there and go, well, maybe I want to play puzzle. Maybe I want to play casual. Maybe I want to play RPG. And you would be able to just go look at a bunch of different games and play them. And that's not a bad thing. But I would say the problem with that is there was lesser quality games on there while there was still very high quality AAA games out there as well. And so now seeing that some of these platforms are trying to cater, it's not like an elitist club. I can see how people think it that way, but they're trying to hold a certain quality standard up there where they're not opposed to the indie releases, the indie looking games, the indie play games, but they are trying to get those AAA really well-developed, well-bolstered, well-invested, well-played games. And I think that was missing for the longest time is if you were a new onboarder to Web3, you may jump in, find a certain platform and go, "Mm, these games just don't look that fun. Or they're like, they're just flash games, but on Web3 and in blockchain. And you you wouldn't want to be invested or keep playing. It just wasn't worthy endeavor for you. But now having the higher quality games, the better quality games that emulate traditional gaming, you really can onboard users a lot better. And I only continue to see that rise in 2024. And it will be very interesting to see what elements continue to evolve on these platforms and where they go. They also have really good user interaction. Some of them will be You know, you get free NFTs or free badges, things you can display on your profile. Earn Alliance does that a lot, and they use Polygon, so it's literally pennies on the dollar to mint all this stuff. And they do a lot of giveaways with games. So a lot of games will do really interesting giveaways of their NFTs on Twitter or through their Discord. But what's really cool is if you go through Earn Alliance, you can just have uh, a massive giveaway of the badges, which usually will give you an NFT at a later point or at least get you whitelisted. And so it's a really cool interaction of getting you kind of directly involved with the games and you can see what games are more popular than others because the badges will mint out immediately. Additionally, as far as I know, someone please correct me if I'm wrong, we saw the first Web3 Game Awards I've ever seen and it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. It reminded me of the Game Awards, which this year was okay. Felt like nobody had time for their speeches. That's all I'll say about that. And I felt like we should have had more for that. But the Game Awards did a really cool job. And they did so many categories. You know, they did everything from, uh, you know, what are the games people want the most? What do people enjoy? And they did all sorts of categories to who is, um, who's like the best like content creator Um, you know, they consistently have news updates for a lot of games on there. They do game reviews. In my opinion, games, and that's G-A-M-3-S.G-G, does an insane job with not only being like, they, they feel like the IGN, back in the day IGN, I don't like modern IGN personally. I think they've gotten a little too snooty. They feel like the OG IGN of blockchain Web3 gaming. And I really like that. Um, So I love that they did these awards. I'm really looking forward to seeing this happen every year because I think this is nothing but good for the community. They streamed the event. They had an insane amount of people tune in. I think over half a million people tune in, which is a lot because I'm sure you've heard and I'm sure you know being a part of this community, when you're in this community, it feels like a huge community. But when you compare it to traditional gaming, 
we may be 1% of gamers out there. It is very early. It is very small. It is very minimal. It's just not where we think it would be yet. And that's okay. It's going to continue to grow. The fact that it's already grown this much since 2020, when I think about Web3 gaming in 2020 and see where it is now, it's like the 10-year, 15-year gap in traditional gaming. So it's going to be crazy to see where it goes, the tech that comes out, the games that come out, the ideas that get implemented, the platforms, the users, the graphics. It, it's just going to be amazing to see it all come together and continue to grow and develop in this unique ecosystem. And if you don't believe me on that, just know that 2023 was one of the most successful years in terms of investment for Web3 gaming. We'll just call it blockchain gaming. 1.4 billion just between May and November 2023 alone. Asia, as always, is a massive market for these games. And I think that's good because I think, you know, in my opinion, Nintendo and Sony are up there and always beating Microsoft in terms of amazing games made. Not because they're necessarily Asian, but just there's a different there's a different style. There's a different way of approaching it. And so I always firmly believe that, you know, you have to have other countries developing these games. You have to have that different approach, that different outlook, that different style, that different development, because that is how we get all these insanely unique and amazing games not, not just in the traditional sector, but in the blockchain Web3 gaming sector as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure every single game that I really like, I won't say every single one, seven out of 10 of them aren't American-based companies. And so the ones that are, that are really high quality, is interesting to me because I'm curious to see the user retention and how they manage to do that versus I feel like for whatever reason, some of the Asian games and companies have a very high success rate of user retention and development. But again, going forward, what I'm getting at is developers are going to continue to utilize blockchain elements and they're going to continue to keep that alienating blockchain language probably out of their games because it is polarizing. Some people are so sick of it, they don't want it in their games at all, and others are like, oh, if it doesn't have it, oh, I'm not going to play the game. And again, I, there was, I'm blanking what interview this was in, and maybe it was with Jerry in Metalcore, where we were talking about chains, so it was either Jerry in Metalcore, or is it Santiago with Star Alice. We were basically talking about chains, and I was asking him, I was like, are you chain agnostic? Are you just going to go where you want, do what you want? And they were basically saying that, you know, at some point, it's going to be no different than on a console game when you see like the Bandai Namco logo fl uh, flash up or Dolby Atmos like is the sound flash up. They'll be like, it'll have this thing that kind of briefly flash up and be like powered by Ethereum or powered by Polygon, powered by Solana, whatever. And then it'll kind of flash away. And people who know what that is, it will just be kind of come this second nature and like, oh, it's a blockchain game. But that's the that's one of the biggest struggles and approaches, I think, is making it as innovative as possible in the way that it doesn't feel like a blockchain game so we don't alienate those users and i think that's a really hard thing to do because i think about when i was first learning wallets and it was probably super easy then compared to what it had been even five years ago from that but it still felt like a difficult experience to ramp up and understand and now just knowing what I know, if I had to go the hard route, I could on these games. But gosh, it is amazing how it's simply like, hey, make an account, 
click here, click there. Boom, you're done. Your wallet is set up. It's integrated. You just need to fund it. And you don't even have to be like, oh, sorry, you got to go to an exchange, buy funds, transfer it to your wallet. They're like, no, you can buy it right here in the app, in, in the wallet app. You can, it's a, it can be a browser extension. You can have it on your phone. It's so simple, easy, and quick now. And they don't make it hard in that sense. And I know that still alienates some users who just don't want to deal with it. But just looking at it from that high level and seeing where it came from and where it is, I only continue to see that become so enveloped and so easy that it'll be as simple as you'll sign up with an email, you'll get a wallet without even knowing it. It'll just be part of your account. Just like when you sign up and make an account on your console, on Steam, on Epic, you have a wallet technically. You can fund that wallet, but you can also just put in your debit or credit card and go, oh, I want to buy this game. I want to get this thing. And they're like, cool, we'll just charge your card. And that's the method that I see of approach going. It'll just be different of the middleman or tech will be so seamless, you won't even realize that in that process, somebody took some Polygon, put it in your wallet, some Matic, I should say, use that Matic to buy the game, buy the skins, which are NFTs, put it all in your wallet, and then just charge your debit card. But to you, it just looked like a debit or credit card charge. You didn't have to worry about doing all that stuff. Whereas even just a few years ago, you would have to do all that. And with a lot of stuff, you still do have to do that, you know? I think that's just going to be a major hurdle we're going to continue to overcome for new users in a good way that I just continue to see the level, the UX rather, the level of difficulty of getting involved going down so much that people won't even realize they're playing a blockchain game at some point. And again, it, it's going to be a core thing going forward where as long as the game is fun to play, as long as it really focuses on elevating the user experience, you know, it's it's easy to use. It has a really interesting storyline or uh, there's a bigger theme that people can get behind, you know, a lot of lore. I think that terminology is really going to continue to disappear. So people will say, actually, I've already seen this. Instead of referring to stuff as NFTs, they continue to refer to them as in-game assets or player-owned assets, which is totally fine, non-crypto likers or users. So I think it's a good thing. I think we'll continue to see that terminology probably proliferate because it really drives home the point of being like it's an in-game asset that the player owns. I think another cool thing we're really going to see going forward is a lot more AI brought in. So what's really cool, that is a classic game, you know, and I I don't know if it was a rug. I'm not going to make any assumptions. It just kind of fell off, and I don't know if the people who are running it just realized it was too much work or they were too busy. But I remember Servants of the Flame was a really interesting text generative based web three game where you were basically it was kind of like those old games gosh we're talking like microsoft dos days where it's literally a text-based game it'll be like you walk down a hallway you approach a creature the creature requests two baconators do you give it to him and you're like no and they're like all right now you gotta fight or if you do you're like oh cool the creature gives you a key to unlock the door at the end of the hall. And so what I'm saying is it would be really cool to see, I thought about this traditional gaming, have an entire AI-driven game in that sense where there's this overarching frame, like a theme, what's the end goal of the game, what are people trying to do, but the AI is largely going to be 
responding to your unique replies. It's almost like the, if you remember the choose your story goosebumps books where you would like read a page and it'd be like, if you make this decision, flip to that page. If you make that decision, flip to that page. And that could end the story or I could make it go in a different direction. And you could truly choose your own story. And I think that'd be a really cool thing with AI going forward. As well as I remember in the very first episode, if you haven't listened to it, it's a fascinating uh, discussion with uh, Noel who knows a lot about AI, he talked about the really unique perspective of them being in-game referees. And I had never thought about that, but it makes total sense, especially in this. You know, with the FPS games, multiplayer online games, imagine having an AI ref that the moment you try to use any sort of cheating tech or any sort of uh, game-breaking usage of, I don't know, you know, again, I'm not a developer, but I think about COD because that's where all the cheat stuff is. And as much as they claim to remove it sometimes it feels like it never gets removed but i think they do a good job overall as best as they can i should say anyways what i'm getting at is having this ai ref that you don't even have to have somebody who's coming in and going oh the user got reported a bunch of times we're removing them they can just look and go well rather the ai can just look and go you have this unique line of code you're not supposed to have in the game you're immediately booted from the match and that would be fascinating i never thought about that i think it's really cool and an interesting idea going forward as long as it can be implemented correctly. All that to be said, what I'm getting at is we're now seeing the high-level quality of AAA games developed in the Web3 space. We're seeing that players can own their own assets. We're seeing game awards. We're seeing billions in investment. We're seeing communities rally and discuss around a variety of topics. We're seeing fun-to-play games that have unique experiences. We're seeing emerging tech come into this space to enhance that for not only the developers, but the user. Overall, I just continue to see adoption rise in 2024, and I continue to see investments increase in Web3 Gaming. And I think some of these titles will eventually reach really broad scales where we'll get a lot of people in traditional viewing this game and not realize it's a blockchain game. And that's kind of the tipping point we're waiting for where it won't be known that it's a blockchain game and it won't matter that it's a blockchain game. It'll just be, there's a bunch of users on board because it's such a fun game to play and has such a unique experience that that is what people want. And that is what gamers always want. We always want a fun to play game that offers a unique experience. We could probably sit here for a half hour and discuss so many games that offer that, and they would all be of my own opinion versus someone else's opinion. But if I can just give one simple example, it would be Undertale, which point blank at its unique experience point was, imagine you could have an Earthbound-like top-down RPG where you don't have to fight or kill any of the monsters the entire game. And Toby Fox thought that was a crazy idea. Turns out when he made a Kickstarter... A bunch of people liked that idea and wanted to play it. And so he took their chance. Dude did very well with that game. So what I'm getting at is up until that point, nobody had offered that experience or rather maybe it was in a time before the internet really was bolstered and nobody had offered that experience in a wide reaching spread. So the possibilities are endless. We're going to continue to see things grow. We're going to continue to see things develop and we're going to continue to see this sector move away from the blockchain terminology and really make it more seamless 
with the traditional sector of gaming. I think 2024 is just going to be even better than 2023. I think we're getting more and more established as a sector every day. We're getting more and more money, getting more and more users, and we're getting great quality content, y'all. It's a great time to be in this space. So 2023 interview for me, things went even better. And 2024 predictions, they're just going to keep moving up and be even better. Thanks for listening. My name is Matthew, and I'm the Web3 Gamer. Well, friends, that's another episode down. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would really appreciate you rating it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you can rate and wherever you listen to and get your podcast. It would mean the world to us and help get this podcast to people who truly are involved in Web3 Gaming, blockchain, and cryptocurrency and want to learn more and stay on top of these emerging technologies. If you have any queries, want to reach out about any collaborations or advertisements, as well as want to reach out with any improvements you think we could make on the podcast, please email us at theweb3gamer at proton.me. We would love to hear from you and take every response very seriously. Take care and keep gaming, my friends.